What up, y'all? It's your Brooklyn boy, Nathan. You the great, and you now rocking with Nola Zine. Let's get it. Okay, so tell it where are you from? It's from Brooklyn, New York, man. And like what part? So specifically, Fort Greene Projects is where I'm from. Right there next to Best Star and Marcy, where Biggie, Jay is from. We literally blocks away from each other. Because right, I remember when I was young, I just thought Brooklyn was just one, like, just one big place. Like, but I didn't know they had different little sections. Oh, so, you know, yeah. you got to ask now. Nah. When I've been in New York, I found out, you know, you got to actually represent what part of Brooklyn you're yeah, from as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. But Brooklyn is humongous. Okay, so, you know, I love to ask this question, like, you know, because everybody, you know, got, you know, they would pop there, you know, they would talk, they talk. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if what Brooklyn is known from, like, getting money or being fly, because everybody from Harlem say, if it flies. Getting fly, yeah. Brooklyn, definitely, they say Queens get the money. They say, we known for, like, robbing and taking it. Like, it was a song, like, Queens... Yeah, you say, what, what about Yonkers? Yeah, but I know they was known for robbing and... Yeah, but, yeah, like, everybody was scared to come to Brooklyn for some reason. Yeah, that's in Brooklyn, see? Yeah. So it's like, Brooklyn keep on, like, Bronx keep making it, Brooklyn keep taking it. It's some rap song yeah, that I say that. Yeah, I think about Yeah, so they think they associate Brooklyn with, like, the gritty, the gutter. But really, nah, we cool, man. So it's like spread love, the Brooklyn way. So now we, Biggie, he rewrote that script for us until it more being, like, a city full of spreading love. So, like, you know... And like Brooklyn music scene right now, mm -hmm. like I want you to explain it, cause like, like it's crazy being a music artist coming up in Brooklyn, cause it's like I gotta you know, if I have big fields to shoe, yeah, like if I have big shoes to fill, mm -hmm. coming behind, whole Biggie, yeah, yeah. And you know, like others, yeah. So like you know, and like what was your mindset coming in? I'm like into the only music industry. Well, for me, being that I was always an R&B singer, but I still idolized the Jay-Z's, the Biggie's, I always knew I had to have a, a strong pen, a writing ability. So that's one of the things that Brooklyn does to still in us as artists. No matter what type of music you make, whether it's drill or whether it's pop, you still have a, we have a legacy of being dope writers. So in terms of what it translates, like right now we've been on drill. Brooklyn drill is humongous. Shout out to artists like Lola Brook, Fabio. There's some of the ones that's killing the drill side. But the pen game, Brooklyn, we, we legendary with the pen. Everybody in Brooklyn got to have some type of ability to write. Gotcha. So, <laughs> how many people live in, live in New York? Man, I think it's like a 12 million or something like that. <laughs> it's a lot of us in you New York. Know, this is me being from like a smaller city, state. Like, yeah. Do you think like it's very like an ordinary to like grow in the, you know, grow in a, like grow in a place like that? Like, because cause I feel like if you can make it Anywhere in New York, you can make yeah. it anywhere. New York has this way of like brainwashing us to think that, but you don't need, like, I've seen people make it in New York and they ain't making nowhere else. I'll be honest with you. And then I also seen vice versa where they like, you got to take New York to really be on. I've seen people leave and then pop and they never come back to New York. They don't need the market to succeed. So it's all a myth, man. Like, New York get glamorized via movies, TV, things like that to make the world even th say, oh, snap, do we have to go there? But once you live there for a long time like me, you kind of realize, like, you know, it's a good place to make it in, but it's not necessary no more. It's just not. But with 12 million people, if you do blow up there, you can stay there and eat in that market for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's true. But the world is bigger than that, man. Right. Because, like, you know, it will, actually for the longest, you just always, like, heard 
and like New York media. Yeah. Like, you know, it like like it was just everything in New York. Yeah. Then, you know, and but here come and but the East Coast mm-hmm. had their run. Then the South the came. South went crazy, came, yeah. Went crazy. But the media still was in New York. Yeah. Now, you know, 30, 40 years later, mm-hmm. there's podcasts, that independent way. media. So like yeah. so like so like do you feel like artists still have to go up there? I feel like media runs and different things like that. That's a good point. I mean, New York does put a certain stamp on you. It definitely do. You can't ignore a certain press that's in New York. Breakfast Club, the Funk Flex joint. You can't ignore it. You know what I mean? I've seen artists that got super big internationally and on their coast nationally, but they still say, yo, I got to pass through New York and do my runs there. I got to hit the Shade 45 with Superstar J. I got to hit the Funk Flex. I got to sit down with Envy. You just still want to touch that because you want to get validity everywhere. Um, but I do think the West Coast in New York, before the internet wave, they both had a stronghold in pioneering a lot of the big music-based media platforms. So that's why you had this idea of like, oh, you got to go to New York for a very long time before the internet became a thing. To be honest with you, right now, artists could just sit in their crib and make good content and get crazy famous without visiting nobody. It wasn't like that. You had to go to a major market that pioneered it, whether the birth of hip-hop is in New York. So let's be honest. Music is going to be built around that. Then you have the people like the Angie Martinez and the, the big dogs that paved the way for a lot of these other um, po- podcasters. But nah, like, you know, respect to my city, man. <laughs> right. And also, you know, just you saying that, like, I've been telling people this all weekend. I was glad mm-hmm. that I have so many people coming from New York and stuff. Yeah. Like, my goal is to be that big dog in Louisiana, in the South. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that media powerhouse like they have in New York. Yeah. Like, I feel like you gotta like I like, I want people you gotta come down here and see me. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing your thing too. Yeah. The way you're doing it, the way you're building it up, I think you you on track to actually creating that to where your stop is necessary when right. coming through your city. And like I think that's needed because like you know some like some markets don't have it. Like people don't know where to go. Right. Like you know some people like like a have a lot of people growing blogs and podcasts, but they're not mm-hmm. growing. Full-fledged media companies. Right. Like, right. you know, like, I grew the media company. Like, you can get an article, everything you need. Yeah. A one-stop shop. Like, I, in the same way they built it in New York. Like, you know, the sources. And, yeah. You know, the, like, even in Philly, like, if hip-hop since 1987. Yeah. Like, but, like, for the South, no one really built that. So now, like, it's crazy. Cause, like, you, you wouldn't even think that artists from New York would actually come to the South for one media run. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that might be the, it. Might be one of the reasons why a lot of people are not doing what you do because artists is not breaking their neck to find media in the South. But it's because it's not enough of it. So guys like you creating it, like yo, listen, this is what we doing down here. It'll create the traffic. People will be coming from the West to come sit down with you, East, you know, internationally when they pass through. It's just about building up your platform and making it relevant. In your city, in your region, you know what I mean? And that's crazy because I had 10 people from New York actually flew from New York down here to take the interview with me. You see what I'm saying? But I actually interviewed a few New York artists yeah. in Dallas. I'm like, with Scott, um, I'm like, Kate Goddess and a few other people yeah. as well. So, you know, you know, you know, you know, you and you got to travel and build. Yeah. And build where you're going to like artists, media, everything. Like whatever you do, you still got to Got to move around and migrate it. And shout to Scott Morris. He always doing tours with more bookers, the whole family, bringing artists, connecting artists with, with shows, with media, with everything. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was going to say this too. One of the fastest ways that you can build your podcast is to interview these artists from other places because they go home, put it up on their page, and then their followers in New York go, yo, I got to go to New Orleans and see that guy because I've seen... This guy, like me, I'm the fan you the great. I'm heavy in the R&B. 
when I post this on my page, a lot of guys gonna say, and, I gotta go down there and see it. Yeah, but see, this would be the thing, like, you know, I'm gonna speak for the smaller people. Yeah. Like, artists don't really post in a smaller media content. Yeah, it's like, true. I might help them build. Yeah, you get that a lot. So it's know? like, you know, I've dealt with that for years, but I wasn't tripping because I knew I'm about to just be consistent. Yeah. In my mind, like, I'm about to be like BET, I'm about to drop content every day. You yeah. gotta see me. Yeah, but yeah. But you know, like a lot of people get discouraged, like very discouraged. Right. Because you know, you you know, you you working hard, you're doing stuff, and you know it ain't really paying off for you. Right, and that's why I gotta say it one more time. Shout to Scott Morris because he also takes small media and take bigger artists, the ones that don't want to post, and let them know like, yo, you gotta post this, you gotta show that love. You know what I'm saying? It's about threading that needle right. to make sure that everybody wins, everybody get the visibility. You know what I mean? But the crazy part is the game changed so much. If you were smart. You would want to grow with a media company. You would. Because it don't matter. Like, a media company got the power to make sure you stay hot. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. guess what? You can have a hot song and be a one-hit wonder. But if you got a media relationship, yeah. you could you could stay in their face. Right. Like and media helps to create that narrative. Like, like, like people like Soulja Boy. He stayed relevant for years mm-hmm. off of just doing stuff for the media. Yeah. But as soon as he popped a song, he was already talked about. Yeah. So as long as you got relationships with the media, you can always win. Right. You're but if you don't, shit. Yeah, and and just to watch certain media start off and grow. Right. If you keep that relationship, you know, once that podcast or that media company grows, they pull you back on when their viewership is like at millions, and now you get a crazy look. They could get bigger than you. Some media outgrows the artists. Facts. A lot of out, like a, a lot of media companies kind of outgrew artists throughout the years. Yeah. Like you know, probably probably. I'm probably not the I'm like mainstream artist, but your yeah. average artist and with a media company will outgrow an artist because they have so many artists and people tuning in. Right. Like you know, artists gonna only they gonna only get their fan base. Yeah. Like, and, but you know, media company got people from everywhere coming because it got so many different variety of people on it. That's right. So, That's a good point. But but you know, everyone like it both still need each other. Right. It is. It's it's a symbiotic relationship where they both just benefit mutually. You know what I mean? So let me ask you this question. Hey, but is R&B dead? Nah, we, it's all the way <laughs> back. It had this little moment where it was on pause. I can't hold you. Hip-hop too. But as you can see, hip-hop bouncing back to R&B and hip-hop. Like, we at Essence Fest right now and it's active. So, clearly, it's R&B is alive and well. Yeah, so, like, you know, what do you feel on, like, the state of R&B right now, you know? I feel like it's finally having a decent resurgence where you got to really be able to sing. It was too many rappers that were singing, like, you know, just whatever they was doing. For over the last five years, and it muddied the waters a little bit. It made, like, even the genres get crossed up. You've seen, you know, these award shows, rappers winning best new R&B song. Like, it was a lot of muddy waters. Drake taking everything. Yo, right? Like, <laughs> come on, what are we talking about? But now you're starting to understand it's a distinction between that rap soul category, like the, the soulful rap, and then real R&B singing. And that distinction is the difference. That soul rap stuff, a lot of that, the conversations are more talking at women and cocky and talking crazy r&b always been vulnerable it's always been apologetic it always been listen my heart is on my sleeves so when you separate the two types of artists you get that vulnerable music again it kind of feed the souls of women again to make them come back into consuming music to showing up at shows you know what i mean so you're seeing it happen now r&b is really alive and kicking again gotcha so you know speaking of r&b you know like you know that's another thing about the media. Like, I be looking for R&B artists. I actually want to be a a full-fledged mix. Because I don't want to post it by one day. Yeah. I'm yeah, R&B yeah. fan. I ride around listening to R&B. I don't listen to rap music. Yeah. Like, I just rap music when I'm 
lit about to go to the club. Zone, yeah. I want to listen to R&B music. That's the, like, I got a playlist for 30 hours of old 90s and new R&B. I yeah. add. Like, if I like your music enough, I add you to that. Yeah, that's but, solid. But, like, I still got Key Sweat Doll and play all day. Right, right. So, right. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, how do you think we can actually start getting some bigger media platforms to cover main, like, R&B artists? Like, R&B artists are hard to find. And also, a lot of R&B artists... Don't seem like they have the budget to like drop a lot of videos because like a lot of R&B artists <laughs> drop visuals. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, and like you know, and like realistically, mm-hmm. it was, you know, far as like the R&B scene who killing it is London, like yeah. like at the UK. Yeah, like, you know, they got oh, a few yeah, artists, got a few R&B artists doing anything, but like UK, like out of whole like they don't even really need America. Yeah, like you know, people from America going get them. Yeah. It's true. So like, UK, so one, I would say I agree with you. UK supports R&B in a different level. That's one. The R&B is very, the R&B artists out there is very consistent. They strong. They go hard like rappers over there in terms of dropping consistently. I suffered for a while too with not dropping enough visuals. Like me and my team came together to say, listen, we got to be more consistent. So I got my guy Mike D. You know what I'm saying? He's also an A&R on more bookings. He's shooting my content. Just dropped something like two days ago. We shooting something tomorrow. Because it's like you said, you're not finding it because R&B artists are just like not going as hard as the rappers. And also being an R&B artist, you know, R&B video wants treatment. A rapper just might go shoot yeah. in front of the snow. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, that's like, a fact. Know, like, you know, for an R&B video, you got to find the right woman. Yep. You know, you got to get... Tell a you know, story a little thing. bit. Like, you can't freestyle R&B because, like, you know, the female got to get a, you know, got to get a makeup done. Yeah. Like, if I was an R&B artist, I'd just go to strip club. Right, find right. me a stripper. Look, I make all stripper music. Look, I love all y'all. <laughs> look, make some quick, easy videos and grow buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like, a fact. you know, like R and B, like even a female R and B, it's just so much you got to do more than a rapper. It's true. So, like you know, and, and so sometimes you know, but it might take you months to like drop a, you know, drop another video. Yeah. And it also, you know, but in the new world, it's a, it's a like right now. Yeah. Everything is like it's you know, real even, quick. even music videos are. Uh, sometimes becoming coming like you know like if not relevant yeah. because people watch the shorts like people attention spans is not there no more yeah. so you gotta grab their attention quick right. so like if you drop a video thinking you can push it like 15 years ago for 6 months yeah, that ain't nah, happening nah. like what are you doing like what are you doing now right. are you still promoting that oh yeah he, tri- yeah, he ain't going to yeah work. you gotta be <laughs> on to the next you gotta be on to the next and as you said the budgets for R&B do have to be bigger to support an R&B career or R&B project it has to be bigger. Rappers could drop a bunch of micro videos, but an R&B artist, it has to be some meat on the bone for people to consume. You know what I mean? I'm like, like, I salute any R&B artist, but if I was an R&B artist, I, just, I would be single, and I'd have boo lady friends, and I'd get their makeup done, and everybody shoot a video once a month. Yeah. That's the only way you can really like grow that you know that fan base, because everyone, attention span is so short, you just got to drop content. <laughs> right. You know? And one of the dope things, too, is R&B takes a little longer to cook in a pot, but once it's thick, you see how you just mentioned Key Sweat? This is somebody from that dropped 30 years ago, but you you don't let it go. You know, so, yeah. yeah, you're building a better foundation with R&B. R&B artists, if you notice, a lot of the R&B artists from the 90s is still touring today. It's hard for rappers to get that longevity like that, but R&B, it takes longer so to many cook. Yeah, it's oversaturated. And then a lot of the messages are not hitting the way R&B soaks in the people's soul to make them come out to a concert 10 years later. Well, the crazy part is, like, this year, no hip-hop artists charted. Everybody talking about that. Yeah, but that's a good <laughs> sign. It means that something R&B is missing. coming back, huh? That's one of the things that's you know, happening. You know, I'm telling you another reason, too? Why? None of them artists charted. Because none of them added an R&B artist on this song. <laughs> that's wild, right? Hey, but Lil Durk. Yo. Hey, but Lil Durk got the kids singing on his top song. Yeah. Like, hey, but not a little singer, but, like, nobody go get the R&B artist no more. 
Because they all want to sing it themselves. They all want to sing their own hooks. Drake. Not just Drake, but all these. <laughs> no, yo, I think all Drake, Drake is the reason for it. Yeah, he pioneered. Everybody want to be Drake. Sing. Yeah. Everybody want to be Drake. Like, then guess what? Like, you know, T Pain had his turn with the auto tunes. People thought they could do that. Yeah. I got in the game writing hooks and singing people's hooks. I was the hook man for every all these artists, Khaled, Wu Tang, uh, French Montana. I was writing the hooks and singing them. So that's how I got in because it was a point. It was like ten years ago when I started, maybe twelve. Everybody needed the hook guy. They knew the significance of having a singer sing the hooks. I watched over the next decade how everybody starts singing their own songs, and it just become less impactful. You can't you can't feel it the same way. You know what I mean? It's just a dude that's yelling out notes. As opposed to having a singer body it, you know what I mean, and really pull it in with the passion and with the tone. So, you know, game changer, shifting back though. So, you know, that's bringing back, you know, being from New York. Like, mm -hmm. which artist embraced you and gave you your first big break, as you can see? I would say Pat. Pat Poose was the first artist that said, yo, keep that kid on the hook. Don't take him off. Keep him on it. Shot a video with me, all that. Gave me, like, that look to, for me to be a. Uh, Instead of just the writer, the singer, the hook guy. Because it's like your steps. You graduate. First, you hook writing hooks, and you're in the background, and other people singing them. Ray J sung one of my hooks that I wrote, and I heard him singing. I'm like, yeah, I could have did this way better. Like, he just... Well, I, he he did what he do, but the, my original yeah. reference was crazy. Every song right I heard, Yo. they were like, man, I could sing that song better. Like, I know Neo used to be like... I know I could do a better job. Yeah, like Neo had home. to. But then when that home. money started coming yeah. in, when Beyonce re-singing the Neo joint, I know he get it, like... Alright, it's cool. I ain't tripping. But so like so I have a friend that's a nice, you know, he it be a big songwriter, but I just like I don't understand how songwriters really get paid. Like, you know, like I know you get paid points off the songs and stuff like that, but yeah. like, like for to make the real money, you know, the singers make the money because they you know, they go touring, mm -hmm. they got shows, they sign a record label, but like being a songwriter it's like sometimes a hard feel because like, you know, you don't really get that credit, people don't really like, you know, know you. It's a, it's a, it's, well, you it, know it's what, it's a while. A, it depends, you know what I mean? Like, it depends on the weight because, you know, the artists are always going to get the bread touring. That, you ain't got nothing right. to do with that. But if you write a hit, like a real hit, I'll be honest with you, a real hit, you getting that publishing and all that that the artists don't get. Artists don't get publishing unless it's Beyonce. One of her contractual obligations is if you write my song and I use it, I mean, if you write it and I use it, I got to get publishing on it too as if I wrote it. She's a big dog, so yeah. you're lucky to land that, but... That's one thing. So once you write a, a hit record, you're getting all that pub, and then you're in a position to get a crazy publishing deal, right? That's another thing. And then it was one more way. Um, It's another way you get bread off of uh, I'm saying it like, oh, once you establish as a writer, you can charge an upfront fee. Correct. You know, like Timbaland. If I want a Timbaland beat, you got to give him 100K upfront, whether the record is a hit or not. You're giving him 100. Once you become a Neo... Yo, you can, if he write a record for you, whether you drop it or not, you giving him 20, yeah. 40, maybe 50 up front. But you want to drop it because I You want to drop that because if I gave you 50K for this joint, somebody going to hear it. Hey, but it sounds like, you know, interviews, like, as soon as people start charging for interviews, like, you know. Yeah. Hey, but you going to want to post my interview now. Right. I charge you for it. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm about to help market this thing. Yep, yep, 100%. <laughs> it's like, but see, the problem is, when you go to rap music, yeah. it's a hustle. Yeah. Because it ain't... Fully, I'm a strategic business. Yeah. Because, you know, hip-hop is like, it's kind of like drug dealing as well still. Yeah. It's like, you might pay for a feature, and this dude know you, like, know the record label ain't going to clear. Right, right, So right. you're going to get jacked in, like, you know, hip-hop. Yeah. Like a singer, you really ain't really worried about, like, you you know, you do a feature with a singer, not that I sing. The business is better, you yeah. Know, if not that I sing, and the singer going to help you get that song out. It's true. 
It's like, true. you know, like hip hop is really like a dirty game. Like, right. you know, like people really go to different towns finessing people over features. It's true. And like, you know, you know, a second I get finessed. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's going to take a while for the video to come out. Right. But you're not getting finessed. <laughs> right, right. It's a fact. Now, nah, you said that 100%. Gotcha. <laughs> so tell the world, I'm like, what's my average day like for you? Man, 8 o'clock, my phone ringing. It's either me having to go to a studio session or to check on like an ad campaign I'm running or check on one of my artists, checking on some of the label business, check, checking in with Scott and the team, seeing if we got any shows, any bookings, you know what I mean? And if, if we booking flights for an event that we got out of town, so it, it, could, it could mix up, you know what I'm saying? Changing a diaper, you know what I'm saying, one of my boys, like it, it, it could mix up. Gotcha. So... Do you have any brand new music, features, anything coming up? Yes. Um, new video just dropped. Song called You Know It off of my Aquarius album. Shot by Mike D. Um, feature coming out. Joint called Your Legs featuring Raheem Devon. That one coming soon. So, you know, we working. All right. That big R&B. Big R&B. Big R&B, huh? Yeah. <laughs> big feature, huh? Yeah, him, I got him and Music Soul Child both on the um, two records that I'm going to drop. Is it clear? Fully clear. Yeah, make sure it's clear. Fully, uh, yeah. Make sure the business clear. Fully clear. Shout out music, man. man. I'm about to do the concert with him down here. Oh, yeah? Shout out music to the child. Yeah, man. he a good dude. He in Atlanta yeah. where we at. So, it's, you know, it's man, just a synergy know, there. Maybe you got to set that interview up with both of them when they come down here. Oh, yeah. Try to come out of that noticing, man. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. They publicist is the reason why, or music publicist is the reason why I got the feature. So, I hit her like, yo, tap the I'm glad you're on publicist. How important... It is to have a publicist. Super important. Unless, the only way you don't need a publicist is if you really learn the game and got enough plugs to kind of like learn a finesse. Very like how rare. To, yeah, very, very rare. You know but how they be plugged in the whole entire game? No, no. But yeah. you know, no publicist is plugged in the whole game. But you know how like, I had moments where I, I had know, a publicist. They don't be plugged in the whole game, but they have relations with other publicists yeah. and get stuff done for them. That's true. That's it. Publicist, and they see it from a different lens. You know, you don't want to be an artist having that conversation trying to get interviews and shit for yourself as opposed to a publicist having that combo for you. A publicist will look at your deck and clean it up. They know how to pitch. They know how to follow up. They know how to schedule. So you kind of need that third party to handle stuff like that. And glad you say you know you know you don't you don't book interviews for yourself. So like every yeah. time I look at Labusi interview, I'm like I know you ain't got no PO. Right, right. You just go out there and just yeah. do it. Yeah. But shout out Boosie. But yeah. I you can tell he ain't got no PO. He just running out there. <laughs> he like, just out up, there hustling. Man. He running and gunning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So. What separates you from other music, I mean, other R&B, actually music artists, mm -hmm. other R&B artists out there? I try to write 90% of the music from my perspective, from my experience, things that I've been through. So when you listen to my music, it's my lens, it's my story. Because other than that, we all just sing it. So it's really no difference other than your own pure life experience. So I try to put as much of that in my music as possible. And if it ain't my experience, it's somebody I was with. Somebody to tell me something they've been through that I'm close to, that I felt their pain. Or I felt their happiness, and then I could write based on that. So everything that I put in my music is a circumference of my environment, of my existence. So, you know, that's where you'll find a difference from me and anybody else. I just want to ask this question, you know. I always wish I could sing, but yeah. I always want to ask the R&B this. I mean, I always want to ask one, one male R&B artist this. Mm -hmm. Have you ever sung one female I mean, out there draws? Yeah. That's, that's, we all do. That's training. Like, that... You have to know how to do that. So like, like you know, and while she get naked, you still like whispering there like, Ooh, yeah. I sung to a chick while she was sitting on the sink while I was hitting it. We was in the bathroom. She's sitting on the sink. I'm hitting it. And I'm in her ear sink because she was like, I want you to sing to me one day while we, and I was singing 112, we could do it anywhere while I'm hitting it. So, then, then I try to get creative and I try to like go down and start eating her out. But I'm like, wait, the words is messed up because my tongue isn't like, it, it got complicated. But yeah, man. 
It's R and B shit. And yeah. I feel like you R and B artist. <laughs> you got a cheat code. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you this. I hung around a lot of R and B artists, mm-hmm. and that's the nastiest dudes I met. In right, life. right. <laughs> I rode in the car with Jackie Jr. One. Hearing that conversation, I can't even expose it. But there's some nasty dudes. <laughs> They seen a lot, I'm sure, man. Like, seen a lot. They, what they've done? <laughs> what they've done to around each other and got the women. And guess what? A lot of these people, our mamas out there. Just, yeah, right. I was like, did your mama go? Hey, what's your mama groupie? <laughs> was she there? <laughs> she gonna be on a documentary? I think. <laughs> I think for R and B artists too, like it take a second for us to grow into that space. Like when I first started singing, I didn't mm-hmm. understand the power of like having a voice and like how it affect women. So you just think you just. You know, you're singing, you're having fun, but then as you get older, you mature and understand that connection that women have to you when you could sing something that they connect to emotionally. Once you learn that power, you, you got to be responsible with it, of course, but that's when you kind of grow into yourself and you become a lot more meticulous about the lyrics that you put in these songs. So you're like, damn, I could reach somebody with this line. I could say this line and I know 90% of the women is going to relate to this. Or I know this is going to make somebody vagina wet. So let me really, you start to become very particular about what you're saying when you grow into that grow into yourself as an artist an R&B artist rather gotcha so who are your top five greatest R&B artists of all time and also tell us why alright I'll say I'll start with music and music I, I start with music so child because when I was 14 I used to hand out flyers and I would buy his albums and just analyze the the lyrics the, the patterns his riffs and that made me realize, damn, I got to really be a right. Like, I got to make sure I'm pinning real stories. And so he he sent me down that journey of becoming like a real artist uh, vocally and at layering harmony. Just things that I incorporated and I never let go. And then the fast forward, him being an idol and then come jumping on a song for me, he always going to be number one on the list. You know what I'm saying? Being a humble guy. being So that's him. And then after that, I'll go through a few. Usher, I'll give it to Usher. Um, Chris Brown, I got to throw it to him because of his years of consistency. Like, I'm not going to wait till he die or become 40. To I got really... an argument. Like, I love telling people. I know people ain't it. Dad, what's, what is it? Chris Brown closest thing to Michael Jackson ever. He is. He like, is. That's not a... No, and third is, and third is Usher. Yeah. But Usher was there. Usher was, Usher was there. there for the whole... He was there for a long but time. Chris Brown elevated. But guess what? If Chris Brown had the right guidance and the baby faces and the stuff that was that, that everybody else had molded. Yeah. And like, you know, Chris Brown would have the other back end of the bad stuff. Yeah, he would have been probably the greatest of all time. My Nobody dude, yeah. Because his, his his brand got so tarnished for a little while, right. but he still came out of that. No R&B artist could go through that. No, I, I, I personally did Chris Brown concert. I never seen an artist didn't want his production no more and just had a blue wave screen and did the dance moves. In front of people, like no, like I never seen an artist that's a that's a full. Like a, I never seen an R and B artist that's a full fledged entertainer, entertainer like that. Yeah, that level of entertainment and hand, how hands on he is right. with the choreo, with the the lyric, the content. He gonna get his flowers when he when he go. That's the crazy. Thing that's the that's the yeah. But like he get the flowers now, but he gonna get the real flowers, and that's yeah. sad. The question you asked me, you'll notice you don't hear people saying that. They don't put him in that top five. Right. They but, just don't. We speak on him. We gotta speak on. We speak yeah. on him. We gotta speak on him. Yeah, like. And but the goat of R and B gotta be R Kelly. It don't matter what he did. Yeah. It don't matter what he, he did. Definitely. But musically. Yeah. Not just what he, the music he put out. The music behind he wrote, the scenes. Yeah. He did. Even doing it, going to the trapped in the closet and showing a new way of. He shot a movie. Yeah. With an R and B video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a like movie. But parts. he really was growing to that with download, and people just didn't pay attention oh, how musically point. he was. It's a good like point. How people don't realize how smart and talented he was. Even yeah. though that's what 
Everybody who messed up in the head yeah. is very geniuses somewhere else. Yeah. If you really, if you ever read like psychopath, they really, yeah. they really be geniuses. They really be smart as shit. Yeah, yeah, that's real. But like, you know, our case is crazy. They, they gonna say what they want, but a lot of R&B artists went through what they went through when they was younger. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm not giving him no pass for what he did. No, of course. But, but musically wise, you gotta, you Yeah, know, his musical. The man wrote, great. I believe I can fly. That song, it don't matter what he did, they're going to still play in the school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you just can't, you can't stop it. Yeah, it's but, good music. But you know, man. that's what I can't, but I won't hear it. Um, for Usher, Chris Brown, uh, we got number one music. music, Soul Child, of course. And for these last two slots, like who I would really throw in there, um, this is on the gospel side. Oh, no, no. I got to throw Donnie Hathaway in there. Donnie Hathaway, vocally. Rest in peace. If he was still around, it would be either like been a problem just where he was vocally then people are just starting to do those type of riffs and runs um so this last slide i'll throw two gospel smoky norfu it's just one of my top favorite you know he gospel but it's just the way that his runs are i, I used to be like yo studying that dude and um just last on the r&b side strong singer it's a few but i'll give it to this is just and I, this is a recent favorite because I had I started recently studying just the way that he vocally where he's at and never really branched off to really go on his own. But it's um, Q from One Twelve. Oh, vocally where he, and especially now that you kind of look like no slim. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time. All the time, I know where you was going. I know where you was going. But Q from One Twelve, just looking at him more recently, and me being in Atlanta, seeing him doing shows live now, right. I'm like, yo, this dude voice was. Nobody really paying att paid attention to it the way because it was a group. And yeah. Slim had the soft, sweet voice, so he kind of overshined everybody in a way. But the dude Q vocally, I'm like, I'll throw him in that mix. I'll throw him in that mix. There's a lot of others. I'm just giving you my top current five. You know, it's an R&B artist that I loved. I had him on my pedestal. Mm -hmm. But his tiny desk didn't give me what I wanted. And he did a tiny desk with my friend Lucky Day. But Raphael Sadiq. I was dope, like, dope, man, dope. I'm like, hey, he didn't give me the tiny desk I was looking for. He didn't do it, yeah. He didn't give me the tiny desk I was looking for. Yeah. Every brought Lucky Duck deal, like, shout out Lucky Duck. Lucky Dope, yeah, Lucky yeah, Super Dope. That's my boy I grew up with Lucky. Oh, that's fire. And, like, a lot of, you know, and a lot of great artists come from, R&B artists be coming yeah, from, Yeah, like, New Orleans got real good. That's a big dope. And guess right what? There. Frank Ocean and Lucky Day went to school together, and they don't even know each other. That's went to high school together. That's crazy. That just showed you it's something that was cooking in that time. Because our high school's not big like New York and all that. It's just they Frank just always been a person of his own. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, he, like, I don't think he's been. I think he like a introvert. Introvert, you can yeah, tell. He, he yeah, he's not one of those people that just. He was just in a cut, and yeah. then one day just comes out and be one of the greatest. Yeah, like, you'd be shocked, like Frank Ocean with the with the John Eric. For real? Well, yeah, but Frank Ocean was born in California, but he just popped up in New Orleans. That's like, crazy. Went to high school. I didn't know he went there. Then we got, I mean, Luke James. Incredible people. singer right yeah. there. I think New Orleans like coach. John Baptiste. Y'all, y'all, y'all influence a lot. Yeah, we got some. PJ Martin. Yeah, we got some R&B artists coming now. Yeah. But like, I'm ready for you know. I'm ready for you know to see. Like, I wanna, I wanna find R&B artists and really push yeah. them with my platform. So I'm gonna start looking for more R&B artists. Nah, I appreciate like, you for real. Thank you for even having me. This is dope for me to be here in a place that y'all got a strong R&B background. Right. So I, I didn't realize till. One day I was like, dang, these people from here. Yeah. And if you know, see, I can't say the thing. I was not seeing Big dog right there. <laughs> yeah, like, like, dope, like, dope, yeah. super talented I was kid. like, dang, we have some people. Yeah. New York don't have, you see how you got that rundown? We don't have that. We got no, Case. I think Case was from New York. 
Um, I'll shout Capella Gray. He's current and he's doing R and B kind of Caribbean. But we don't got a long list of R and B artists. Me. And I thought the R and B artist was from there because they were signing Diddy, but they wasn't from there. Oh, now the making which ones making it big, making like it the band? Like, you know, Carl Thomas and oh, people. nah, they all from like Other Atlanta. Places. And You're right, yeah, I yeah. Thought, you know, just just being signed to Bad Boy, right? You would think there. so, nah. Like, and we don't have a lot. And where is like one twelve from? Atlanta. Dang. Yeah, those Atlanta dudes. Yeah, solid Atlanta. So he cats. never really had no R and B. Nah, so New the, York don't. So, so he all got all got females from R and B. We do got females, yeah. Hey, Mary J from New York, right? Mary Yonkers, yeah, she from okay. up top. Yeah, yeah she from up top. Ashanti was from New York. Okay, yeah. Shout out to Ashanti. Shout to Ashanti. Yeah. yeah, he's who was it? Just say it out loud. Another artist. He said it. Say it. Yeah, New York. Say it. Faith Evans. Faith Evans. Shout out Faith artist. Evans. She yeah. was just here Wednesday. Shout out Faith. Oh, word. She's oh. always here. Yeah, she always get booked here. Yeah, cause like New Orleans have that you know that flavor of basically we. And we kind of take R&B songs uh-huh. and make it and, and, and add bounce to it. Like, yeah. Like, so that's, like, and if your song got, like, bounced down anyway, yeah. we love you. Oh, yeah? Like, John Legend's song got bounced so much that they made it 10 different songs down here. For real? Yeah. Like, yeah. So what happens, like, y'all radio like, pick up like, the bounce version and play yeah. the bounce version? And when you hear that bounce, like, like, like the bounce that you hear now, yeah. like, all those songs been getting bounced. Like, people just started to bring it out more. Like, Beyonce, you don't yeah. break my soul. But, like, we've been doing bounce music. Like, yeah. we've been taking people's songs. And, like, Beyonce been had 10 bounce songs she didn't never perform for. That's crazy. Right. I ain't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like, everything get, like, bounce. So, radio down bounce. here would play the bounce version before the regular version? Like, the yeah, radio? Yeah. Wow. And, but, and, like, for a 5 o'clock mix, you're going to hear bounce, bounce music. Like, bounce music is bigger than other music. Yeah. In New Orleans. Like, yeah. Big Frida is, like... Big. Yeah. Big Frida's big. Like, here. Wow. Like, that's why Big Frida be voices here. You hear Big Frida voice on Beyonce. Yeah. Big Frida's big here. Damn. Yeah, like, Big Frida's opened up his own hotel here. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's big. Wow. But, you know, like, bounce is just different. But the crazy part is, our bounce sound come from New York. What? Yep. How? Brown and Trigger Man and, and Showboys from New York. So, what, they created yeah. it in yeah. down here, though? No, if they took, you know, if, if the mixes from hip hop, yeah. and all that, yeah. all them all them beats and sounds, they took it from New York and brought it here and, and mixed it all together and made some gumbo. They called it bounce music. That's crazy. But if it, it, it comes from New York, that's crazy. Because yeah. New York don't really like. I'm learning sure about was, bounce. Yeah. I'm learning about bounce now. Like coming down here. And you go to any party. That's you go. He go hear some. Oh bounce yeah, music. we seen. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. we we heard some bounce music down here. But the crazy part is, you know, as a as a as a as an R&B artist from mm-hmm. New York, I would I, I would try to like tap into that. I am, but, I am. So I got a friend that I was talking about a writer. His name V Script. I'm gonna throw throw his name out there. He's in he's in Atlanta. He's from New Orleans. Yeah, he, like he writes for Coco Jones, everybody. And so he just came up with a new genre called Afro Bounce. Oh, that's so he's been in Cape Town and like he's actually under like Rodney Jerkins. So he like writes a lot. Yeah, like Jazzy for your Rodney Jerkins, but he has his own genre. He's mixing that. He's Mix an Afro, Afro with, bounce? with bounce music. That's probably I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you check his song. He actually, he actually just made it back down here today. Like we all gonna be in um, the R&B stuff tomorrow. But yeah. Like he have an Afro one. So like if you could, you know, you can find your producer down here. Yeah. Make your bounce song. Yeah. And jump on it. Let us know where you at tomorrow. I pull yeah. up on y'all. We yeah, connect. Like if you could, you know, like you know, because I've been hearing like a lot of 
more artists use it mainstream now. Yeah. Like, I would bounce. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. tap in. I seen the way they went crazy in the club for that down here yesterday. No, I'm like, like, this is like, crazy. No, like, Drake, if Drake had two number one songs, that was that was New Orleans Bone music. Yeah, he did, you know, right? Yeah. Like, the song Kiki, Kiki Do You Love yeah, Me. Yeah. Like, then he had another song, like, Nice For What He Had. He had two songs on that album. Yeah. I forgot the exact song, but... Yeah, that like, key, it was Kiki for sure. Kiki had a exactly. segment. Yeah, There's I, a segment of it that goes yeah, but, into it. And the song end. got called Kiki, though. Like, uh, it, it ain't called Kiki. Yeah, it's not called Kiki. It was Nice For What, and it's another song. He had both of them on that same album. Yeah. But like, he had two bounce songs, and look how it looked And it took that off, right? Then, yeah. Like, like, ever since he did it, more people started grabbing it, so... Yeah, that's how it worked. They see a mainstream artist do it, and then it's like... But, like, but actually, Drake been tampering with it. Nobody just... Like he did, like he did a lot of few other songs, like you know, and we got bounced at that, like whoa, he was he was opening the industry up to yeah, it. Yeah, now yeah. more people use it. In my feelings, that's the thing. In my feelings, yeah. yeah. So like you know, it was even like New York, you know, like you know, everybody got their sound for a while, then they change it around. It switches up, yeah, always. It's always a seasonal thing. So being in the music industry for over, over like a lot of years now, mm-hmm. I can tell the world how old he is. <laughs> uh, what do you enjoy most about it? What do you hate about it? Um, I hated the era where, and I still kind of hate it in a way, but it's changing, where social media, like the numbers and all that, could make somebody overlook real talent. I hated that. I was at a time dropping music before, it was Twitter and Instagram, so you had to really look at somebody's resume, and I love that, when you had a real resume and people rock with you because of that, or they looked at your talent, listened to your music, and said, yeah, I'm gonna rock with them because I hear it, and then it shifted to where, oh, if you ain't verified on IG... Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they won't even check. Yeah, they won't even hear you out to see if you dope or not. So I hated that. Even while being verified, I hated that. I'm like, yo, I hate that people are checking me out because I'm verified, but I'm going to play the game. But um, what I love, yeah, you got to play the game. That's what it is. But what I do love about the music now is the business side of it. You know, once you start to unlock certain things about the business, you kind of control your own destiny. And I, I just love that. You know what I mean? The way me and my team is just doing what we want and we controlling our pace. And no matter what dogs is in front of us, like we either kicking it down or we just building our own house and people got to come rock with us regardless because we, we learn in a business. Gotcha. So tell us, all right, what's next for you? My man, um, I would say next biggest thing, new album, working on, you know what I'm saying, putting a new album together, shooting another video, just dropped the video yesterday, so I want everybody to run that up, super run that up for me because it's super important. The song is called You Know It. Single coming, Your Legs with, Raph, with uh, Raheem Devon. Above Average with Music Soul Child. Gonna shoot that video as well. And um, last but not least, we're doing a festival in Dallas. Uh, Day Summit, Dallas, on August. So if anybody want to come out, rock with us, perform, get to know us, come to some of the parties, some of the shows. Hey, man, but I'm going to tell, tell that boy, I'm like, Scott, to fly me out, man, to Dallas. Right, yeah, <laughs> pull, up, pull up, pull up, man. pull up. Man, pull up. If you put me on the text right off. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, and also last but not least, tell the world. I'm like, what can they find you at on social media and everywhere? Social media, Nathaniel Online is my Instagram. My label page is The Great Ones. It's underscore The Great Ones underscore. And if you have an iPhone or Android, just go to the App Store and search my name, Nathaniel. I got my own mobile app where you can get all my content and all that for free. <laughs>